0: This call is now A being prisoner recorded. at the
1: Michigan Department of Corrections, Lakeland Facility.
2: Well, they're, they're continuing to move people from, from place to place. They call themselves trying to put positive with positive and negative with negative. However, they still have positive and negative coexisting with each other. And they are they, one thing they have done is cut down the chow hall and gave us meals in. But um, it is unfortunately sad that, that um, individuals truly don't know their status and, and they're, they're still mixing us and moving us all around. And it, it's, it's, it's total chaos. And, and um, word has it that um, they moved several individuals to hospice from a unit from, from
3: this facility?
2: To hospice. To hospice. We have a third of the, of the state's deaths from this facility. And we leading the, the numbers, and we have the number one infection rate of the state. We've, we, we look for all the tests, after all the tests have been coming back, we're looking to possibly be at 1,000 or better. Wow. So, um, to say the morale is low, you know, you have some individuals who are taking it very seriously and some who are, don't think it's that serious because they're not um, being affected uh, because they have mild symptoms. But, Majority of the individuals at this facility have tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, we what is some, your
3: situation?
2: I am negative. Thank God.
3: We had so you situation. have you been tested or you've not had? Tested? Yeah, every, your...
2: everybody on this compound has been tested. When you say tested, what does that consist of? The swab test with the sticking the swab up your nose. I see. And and two um, officials, administrative officials, got into a verbal uh, argument because one of them told, told prisoners that they knew that they were mixing um, positive and negative prisoners with each other. And the other official said, why did you tell them that? They're not supposed to know that. So they started off being transparent and now they're just being covert and sneaky <clears throat> with the illusion of them doing the right things by us.
3: what is your interpretation of this next thing?
2: well w- one of the um, officials said that he's playing the numbers thing he, he, when the first when we first were tested 58 of us were tested negative for the coronavirus. So it was it was 12 people that was in the unit who had not been tested. The test who had not came back. So he removed those and sent them to a, a unit where possible positives and had some positives in it. And he said, why did you do that? He said he was playing a number of things. He said he knew for a fact that 58 of us were negative. He said he'd rather save the, the, 20, the 58 of us and sacrifice the 12. And to this, to this time, those 12 are now in positive, um, units. And they had, their results came back and they were negative. But they've been over there for like four days with the positives. So who knows if their status has changed because they were amongst the positives for these last four days. And so the practice of them constantly moving people around, shuffling them around, I think is more dangerous than you actually trying to put us with positive and positive and negative and negative because now you you just it just it just chaos in the lack of a better term, just chaos. And it's all, and it's just it's chaos and competency. So, um, I'm just praying, washing my hands, and like I said before, and, and, just, and just pray that none of these lying minds blow up in my face.
3: Tell me, Raymond, what is your thought on, on, you, you mentioned a numbers game. What is your thought on the, the, the J-Pay that I sent you regarding basically people deciding what, you know, on the numbers and the probabilities and this many people will probably die, but this many people will live, this many people will recover, and all of those people means a certain level of budget.
2: I think those who are making decisions has a lack of empathy. One of the key components upon our our release is a, con, a condition of our release that we have to express empathy. Right? The people who are supposed to teach us empathy lack it themselves. So how can you be empathized empathize with people that you have no value for or you don't have a good healthy view of them? And so can you I be clear?
3: Said, who are these people? Can you be clear for, our, for the listeners? Can you speak more clearly like
2: I'm speaking of the officials of, of, of the MDOC and as well as our governor. Our governor has not taken in consideration that we are people, that we are citizens that happen to be incarcerated, and we are not the worst thing that we ever did in our lives. And in this country and this state was built on second chance. And if you can't give a person a second chance after they have served in excess of 25 years What are you doing with our tax dollars? You have to be able to, to, to be able to reform people, rehabilitate people, and return them better than what they came to you But first thing first, you have to value them and look at them as a people, as humans. They have a dog program here, and the dog program gets more, gets more value placed on them than humans do.
3: If nothing changes this week's coming, if nothing changes the week after, if nothing changes for three weeks, where do you see this going? What is the trajectory of this for you? What do you? What is? This is different. I, the tone of your voice is different than it was three weeks ago when we spoke.
2: Yeah, because it, it, it's, it's frustration. Because how long can you say that you don't matter? individuals continue to tell you you don't matter you know it's different you in there stay in there be who you are you are not um a uh, uh, part of society right now so whatever happens to you happens to you but this thing is and 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 actually seeing people that you have 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 grown friendships with to see them die because of this pandemic it's it's touching it's hurting. You know, to see people that you consider friend or be friendly with die. And nothing's being really done to prevent any more death. So now it's almost the attitude is we're going to clean up the mess as we go. And we most definitely, we are cleaning up at the end. And whoever survives, survives. Whoever dies, they just die. And this is another thing that I have a problem with. They have tested every last prisoner on this compound, but they have not tested one staff member. And those are the ones who have infected us and brought it in. And so one of the staff members said that if they test us, won't nobody be here to work. So they're not going to voluntarily test the staff members. Hmm. So so it's almost like we know between a rock and a hard place, you know, and we just sitting ducks, you know. And everybody in here are not the hardened criminals and just doorways that people would like to think we are in prison. There are some people in here who have rehabilitated themselves and they are, are no longer a threat and a danger to society, and people will welcome them to come and live amongst them. we never get the opportunity or people never see that side to change that perception of people that's in the, on the inside.
3: Raymond we only have a couple more minutes, um can you um if if this was to be our last phone call, if this was to be is there is there anything that you would want to share with your friends, your family, is there a message that you'd want to share with anybody out here?
2: Most definitely, I would want people to know this: that we are your brothers, we are your fathers, we are your cousins, we are humans. Everybody is not still holding on to the criminal behavior that they once did and come to come to prison. People are ready to come home and be citizens, but we should be treated as humans and not as a thing. And 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 I think that. The people on the outside would treat us differently if people would voice their opinion and stand up for us because we have no voice in here right now, and people don't listen to us and don't value what we have to say. And so people on the outside have to be more vocal to those who make the decisions. Those are elected officials. They're not celebrities. They have to get voted in. They come and and try to get their votes from from you every election time, but they disappear like celebrities and try to – be distant when they, when they don't need you anymore until the election time comes. So now we have to place a, a, a demand on them or tell them we're going to hire and fire them with our vote. And that's what I have to say to all of my loved ones and friends and those who, who have any empathy for those on the inside. And just know that we are humans and we, we want to be a help and not a hindrance any longer and there's many of us in here that are rehabilitated and are citizens that happen to be incarcerated now.
3: I thank you, I got to um an article the other day, I think it was two days ago, that in Ohio more than 70% of the inmate population has been infected. Hmm. So I guess I'm saying this to say this, there is a national effort, there's a national thing that all of these states are looking at each other in corrections and seeing what others are doing and what 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 they can get away with hmm. and and how far they can go.
2: Man, and, and it's sad, and, and, you know, I've been in prison for the last... 27 and a half years and I've been here since I was 19 and I have seen This place turn a blind eye to corruption turn a blind eye to Just not caring And that has that culture has to change and the only way it's going to change is those who outside who vote got to be more vocal and say hey This is what we want. You are our elected official to is what we do. you have one minute remaining you know and, and if they don't we have to we have to hold them to it and be accountable and hire and fire our elected officials instead of giving them a free task <clears throat> they got to care about what we care about because they work for the people. Hey, I thank you and I appreciate you. I'm praying for you. And I thank you for your prayers. May God bless you and keep you.
0: This call is now
1: being recorded. This call is from...
0: Jordan Leron. An inmate at a federal prison. This call is being recorded and is subject to monitoring. My name is Jordan Boregard. I sat in a room yesterday with no tissue for 48 hours, almost 72 hours. We had to wipe our ass with ripped up boxes, which was our personal boxes. Then after that, we had to use two week old face masks that was given to us that were contaminated, no good for use. We had to use them. And after we used them to wipe our behind, we had to store them in our trash can in our room, which couldn't be empty to the next day. We talked to five different staff members. Even our own counselor, Miss A. Ransom told us we'll have to wait till tomorrow. She's busy. Nothing she's gonna do about it. She'll get to it when she gets to it. Then they sit here. They gave us a week and a half ago they gave us old cloth face masks that were washed. Put together in what warehouse we don't know. And then they smell like old wet basement. It's been two and a half weeks since we were issued a sanitized, clean face mask. We only get 20 minutes out a day, which they just changed it to 30. Big difference. It's a shower, phone calls, check emails, and reply back to our family. They don't give us proper cleaning supplies. They don't come by our rooms, which they are supposed to every day, and give us cleaning supplies. They expect us to do all of that in our two-man room, which is probably a 20-by-eight-man room, they expect us to do all that cleaning within 30 minutes in the day, plus shower, plus get on the phone, plus check emails. That is not supposed to be taken from our 30 minutes. They're supposed to bring proper cleaning supplies around to our room every day in order for us to clean our rooms. For two weeks straight, we went without a toilet bowl cleaner. A week straight, we went without a broom. They don't give us rags.
2: This call from a federal prison.
0: They don't give us rags to wipe our rooms down. So, what does that mean? We have to clean and wipe our rooms down with our tissue. And we already know, I just spoke earlier in this message, we had a discrepancy with tissue. So, how am I supposed to save my tissue and clean my room if I don't have a rag? So, you're telling me I have to use my own face rag that I clean my body with? They are not testing us for the virus. If we show symptoms and they feel like we got the virus, they quarantine us with people who either have. Really have had the virus, or they just really sick. So, if we didn't have it now, I do have it, just because I saw symptoms, which could have been a simple flu. I'm at, I'm housed at the FDC Mylan, the Federal Detention Center at Mylan. They are not doing what they are saying that they are doing. They are not testing us. They are not giving us proper cleaning supplies. They are not supplying us with the tissue that they are supposed to. They are not doing nothing. The stuff they are doing is new generation of slavery to us right now. Guys are just accepting it. That's all I got to say about that.
3: When you talk about almost going to the hole, what does that mean? How I don't make the connection because that i was...
0: Because I was beating on that damn throat like I was crazy. I got the nut nut. All of that to get a roll of tissue. I Had to do that shit for an hour, almost two hours straight. Finally, they brought me a roll of tissue, saying that they didn't have it. They didn't have it. They didn't have it. They didn't have it. Then out of nowhere, when I got to saying the next time y'all pop my door to come get trays, I'm coming out this bitch and I'm going to ass. Oh hey, uh, you know, let's go. Let me, let me go see what he can do, man. Ooh, one of the Muslim brothers had to go out there, then he brought me a roll of tissue. So you mean to tell me, nigga, that you had that whole that that roll of tissue in there the whole time? You sitting here playing with me, taking my kindness for weakness. I respect you. I know you got a job to do, just like I got a bit to do. So I don't press you like these other guys be doing to get away with stuff, do certain slick stuff. But now you're taking me for granted. Ain't gonna give me no roll of tissue. I'm gonna show my ass. Then they bring me a roll of tissue. I shouldn't have had to do damn near catch a brain aneurysm to get a roll of tissue. There's no reason I should have had to do that. No reason. So I made it known. Pop this dough, I'm coming out this bitch, and I'm not locking down till I get a roll of tissue. That's finna be that, and I'm standing on that. Bring your best five, smoke bombs, bean bags, do. I'm listen. I'm built for this. I'm at an age now, so I'm I'm, listen. I'm tired of doing all of that, but I gotta stand on something, man. Y'all treat us like we slaves in this bitch, man. And guys, it's so... Quick and so brainwashed to the TVs, radios, MP3 players, commissary. Y'all don't really look at the bigger picture and what they doing, man. Y'all not even look thinking outside the box for one minute. Y'all gangsters, y'all robbing, y'all killing. Y'all can't wait to get back out there and do it. But y'all in here with your tail tucked between y'all legs, not standing on nothing. So, you know, let's do the math on this. You scared of going into the hole? We in the hole right now we locked down 23 and a half hours a day. Shit, you get an hour out of the day in a hole. So come on. now Ain't nobody going to stand with you. I don't need nobody to stand with me. I'm one man. I can't change the world, but I can change something for the minute. And damn it, if I get tissue in here, that's good enough for me.
3: Is there anything else that you would like to say or share with people out here? Or with any of your uh, people who love you is there anything you'd like to share or say
0: I just want to let everybody know man we humans we humans just like people out there in the world we humans we we, we got a lot of rights that are taken from us because we do what we do at the crime the ability that we do it and we get in here and that's taken away from us but we still humans we still got rights to proper sanitation we're not getting that that's not right that's not right man from my understanding, the CARES Act just gave BOP another hundred million dollars just for this specific pandemic that's going on. Not counting what y'all get every year for us, so there should be no shortage of anything when it has to be brought to us. So I want everybody to know I'm trying. I've grown in the last few years since I've been in jail, prison. I'm more humble now, but it's so much. It's only so much I'm gonna take, and I gotta stand on something. I have to stand on something. I'm not sitting in here stabbing guys. I'm not just sitting there gangbanging. I'm not saying none of that that frivolous nonsense. I've grown. I've learned. But I'm only going to take so much. And me being in a room three days without tissue, I'm not taking that. So I want everybody to know I'm trying. I've gotten better. And I'm doing my best. This call is now being recorded.
1: A prisoner at the Michigan Department of Corrections, Cooper Street Facility. I had an experience last night. I, you know, they, they issued these makeshift masks, okay, that they are, in every facility, they're giving us these makeshift masks made out of old uniforms with two straps that go around your neck. And they're enforcing this policy of you must have your mask on at all times, but they're not real masks. Last night, I was sitting in my bed, I fell asleep, and my sheet got tangled inside of my mask. Okay. And the reason why I keep the mask on is because if you get up and you go to the bathroom at night or anything, the officers scream at you, put your mask on, put your mask on. They enforce this. We've even had a deputy warden here, Deputy Warden Morgan, uh, come to our cube and tell us, you must even wear your mask inside the cube at all times. Okay, so in following with that, you know, I um keep the mask around my neck. Well, I almost died last night. The mask and my sheet tangled within there, um, and it wrapped around my throat and it stopped me from breathing. You know, I woke up gasping for air, trying to figure out what was going on. Am I being choked? What's going on? Um, they're not providing proper protection equipment for us. We've already lost 30-plus inmates, you know, um. From COVID 19. Senseless deaths. They're not doing anything. We're making soap out of bars of soap that we have to beg for from the officers. When they issue us tissue, You'll have another officer come on the next shift that will go and search your locker and say, oh, you have too many rolls of tissue. Well, you just gave me three rolls of tissue, and then the next shift will come along and search your locker and say, oh, you have four rolls in here. I'm taking a few of them. When we go up to the desk and you ask for soap, why do I have to ask for soap? It makes no sense. Now, me personally, I have an $11 account due to court orders and different things. I survive every month off of my family sending me $11. Why? Because my account, they won't allow me any more money. And although I have family support, I have people out there that's willing to send me anything that I need, I can only get $11. So I have to budget every month, okay, do I put $5 on my JPEG stamps to communicate with my family, And then with the remaining six dollars, what do I buy this time? Do I buy soap? Do I buy shampoo? Do I buy a couple of extra rolls of tissue that they sell on the store? Or do I buy toothpaste and a few other items? I have to make these choices. Do I, can I afford aspirin? Can I afford allergy pills? No. Every month it's like six to eleven dollars. It's all I can spend. They won't do anything about that. And now on top of that, we have these masks that pose a danger within themselves. I literally thought I was about to die last night. The mask wrapped around my throat, cut my blood supply off, and I was choking. I've sent in a medical kite. I mean, I suffer from, uh, I have a hole in my, in my lung, you know, and I've made them aware of this. It's in my medical charts, you know. The mass restrict your breathing because they're not proper. We need proper protection equipment. But I don't hear anything from our governor saying, hey, we're going to provide better PPE. We're going to assist the inmates. Every time I see the governor on national news, she's speaking about the budget, $3 billion hole in the budget. But she's not saying anything about repealing truth and sentencing releasing people from level ones that pose no harm to society. And with that being said, I kind of have a message that I would like to get out here, and I hope people are listening, I'm hoping that the president is listening. If you don't mind, can I say it?
3: Absolutely.
1: This message is to President Donald Trump and Senator Mitch McConnell. My name is Terrell Bishop, inmate number 619748. I am one of 38,000-plus inmates in the Michigan Department of Corruption, or should I say corrections. I am a low-management level-1 inmate sitting in an eight-man queue waiting to die from COVID-19. So far, we've lost 30-plus inmates in majority level-1 prisons due to Michigan's greed and corruption. Our governor, Gretchen Whitmer, has publicly stated that Michigan is facing a $3 billion hole in the state budget for the coming fiscal year. What she's not saying is that Michigan Department of Corrections takes up almost $2 billion a year, which is between one quarter and one fifth of the state's general fund. That works out to be about $35,000 a year per inmate. Now times that by 38,000 plus inmates. Now, as a former law enforcement officer on local and federal level and a victim of an extremely corrupt judicial and correction system that has twice falsely incarcerated me, I understand safety and security are essential to a strong economy and a free society. But Michigan has fleeced its taxpayers and the federal government for way too long. They are attempting another heist. Why should the federal government give the state of Michigan more money to keep their well-oiled correction system going that holds over 5,000 inmates currently past their out date for absolutely no reason, that spends $250 million annually to combine revoked probationers in prison for small violations? Whose state senate and state legislators have refused to repeal an outdated truth and sentencing law that never worked and only burdens the system with inmates that pose no threat to society. Until Michigan stops lying to its general public about how they're protecting society from dangerous level one inmates who can't, who can't be safely released back into society, Michigan does not deserve federal assistance unless the federal government puts a clause in the use of the federal funds that states that money cannot be used for a correction system or diverted it to its general fund. We are in here dying. And like I said, as a former law enforcement officer, I can assure you that from my view, my opinion, 38,000 inmates can safely be reduced to about 20,000 with minimum to no harm to the general public. There is absolutely no need for a level one prison. Let me reiterate that. There is no need for a level one prison. The corrections officers in here, they're essentially professional babysitters for a majority of adult population of prisoners who are ready to safely be released back to the general population of our society. Instead, we're sitting in here waiting to die from COVID-19. And so far, 30 inmates have died, essentially all in level one prisons. We need help. Please don't let us die. Remember us. Remember the 30 inmates thus far that have died. They're real people. They're not just numbers. Help us! Every time I turn on the news, I hear our governor and I respect her. She was a state senator. She was a state legislator. She was also a prosecutor. We have an honorable attorney general who's doing everything that she can to make sure everybody's safe. But speak up. Do the right thing. Why are we sitting in these level one prisons, dying? or waiting to die, help us. What they're not telling people is that there are so many innocent people in the prison system due to a very, very corrupt judicial system. People don't understand how corrupt the system is. I always reiterate, they have schemes and scams to make the general public believe that we are such a threat. They have probation officers employed by the Michigan Department of Corrections that write these reports before you're sent to prison, and it's supposed to tell the story of what crime you committed, but the majority of these reports are lies. If you read my report, it's all a lie. So when the general public looks into our backgrounds, they say, oh my God, this inmate is Danger, dangerous to society that's not true in my case 2008 I was convicted falsely by the time I got to prison my transcripts were phony my write-up from the Michigan Department of Corrections was completely phony and when I had to see the parole board I had to admit to a bunch of lies in order to get out of prison How? Why? Same thing this time. Same same system. Same prosecutor. No one's going after these prosecutors for editing transcripts, fabricating records, falsifying evidence. Everyone just assumes that the 38,000 that are in here are hardcore criminals and guilty. And we and the system needs to be protected and the society needs to protect it. That's not true. I admit there's about 20,000, of course, that need to be in here. But 38,000 inmates? No. It's not right. And every day that our government our local government, our state legislators, our state senators, Senator Mike Shirky, uh state legislator Lee Chatfield, they block the bills, the criminal justice reform bills, that blood of these 30 plus inmates in county is on their hands. We do have some legislators that are trying to help us. We have, uh, Legislator LeGrand from Grand Rapids. He's been doing everything that he can to bring criminal justice reform. He knows the truth. But he's a single voice in a cesspool of senators and legislators. I'm not going to call them corrupt, I'm going to say they're not educated on the corruption that's on the local levels with police departments, the corruption that's allowed within the prosecutor's offices. There's so much that I can say. As a former law enforcement officer with the city of Detroit, I can tell you how our police academies teach the officers to articulate the facts when you're writing a preliminary complaint report. You know what articulate the facts mean? It means, cold word, lie. So when they write these preliminary reports, they're lying. They're exaggerating the elements of what occurred. So when it gets to the prosecutor's office, the prosecutor takes it and they file charges. They abuse the charging function, essentially. Then, once you get to the trial level, the prosecutors encourage the police officers to get on the stand and and articulate, quote-unquote, articulate the facts. Code word, lie. And then when they do get on the stand, they lie to get the person convicted. The transcriptionist goes in and they remove all of the lies so that... You have
2: one minute remaining.
1: So that the police officer is not caught up in perjury. These are small secrets that are not well known. We receive transcripts trying to appeal our cases and they're completely phony. We sound like killers and murderers and abusers and none of it is true because the system is very corrupt. Help us. Thank you, Darnell.
3: Thank you for calling.
1: All right, I'm gonna try and survive in here. We all are. Appreciate you. Be,
3: Be strong man. be well. I'll be in touch.
1: All right, thank you.